You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Boy, oh boy, you guys got me in a mood today, I'm going to tell you right now. Um, I just, I this is, anyways, I want to read an article to you. I'm sure, well, actually, I'm, I'm quite sure most of you haven't read it, but I'm sure you've seen it, and I'm sure you probably commented on it. It's called Three Reasons the Packers Should Cut Ties with Aaron Jones. Um, man, I'm never, well, I'm stupidly always amazed at how dumb everybody is, but all right, let's go through it real quick. Number one is contract. I'm not going to read all of this. It's contract. 20 freaking million dollars, Okay. Number two, position. Running backs simply aren't the big deal that they used to be, right? Positional value. Running backs are not supremely valuable. Everybody understands that. Age. This is the most obvious of the three. Aaron Jones turns 29 this year. Okay? What about that is controversial? When has this take ever been controversial about Aaron Jones? Potentially being a cap casualty. In fact, most of us were convinced he wasn't even going to come back with the Packers because you don't pay running backs is very common language. He was going to get a big contract, and the thought was the Packers aren't going to give it to him. You drafted Aaron jo- A.J. Dillon to be his replacement. He's here on the team right now. Everybody knows you don't pay running backs. It never really pans out very well. This is not controversial. It's not even slightly controversial. But Aaron Jones found it retweeted it, said it hurt his feelings, and the hordes of white knights coming in to shame Bruce Irons. How dare you? How dare you? In hopes that Aaron Jones will see your tweet and think, I love that person. Which didn't happen, by the way. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't know who you are. You bunch of absolute losers. What is it going to take for people to just grow up and be an adult? My Lord. You know how pathetic it was reading the comments section? You all sound so unbelievably pathetic. The, the, the amount of I'm literally shaking comments that I read about the most basic article that everybody writes, everybody talks about, everybody tweets about 24-7, about how Randall Cobb's going to be out the door, about maybe David Bakhtiari might be gone, Aaron Jones might be gone, Lazard might be gone, all these people, Amos is probably gone, all these people are gone. And it's all maybe, maybe they come back, maybe they don't, I don't know. But Bruce goes out and he says, you know, I looked at it and here's my thoughts on Jones. So what? You know, I, I, I have a very honest suggestion for you. Most of the, let's just say successful, and we'll pretend it's not for a reason, most of the successful podcasts and and articles that you're going to read, they're going to be of opinions of people that are based on facts, regardless of how it might make people feel. But you know what you should do? You should start a podcast or start a website or whatever in which you are polite all the time. And that is the, the most important thing. To make sure that everybody feels good and feels valued and feels just great about themselves all the time. And you know what? Your podcast is going to fail because people aren't going to listen to it because it's boring and it's stupid. I'm so unbelievably exhausted with the amount of people that like to comment about, oh, I don't like the negativity. You don't like reality. Reality is negative sometimes. Sometimes it's positive, and sometimes it's negative, and sometimes it's kind of neutral. And when things are positive, people like me are going to say that it's positive. And when it's negative, I'm going to say it's negative. If you want positive all the time, you're not going to survive in the world, period. But it's bigger than just a podcast. You can't be a free-thinking human being. You can't be anything other than a freaking robot who doesn't have his own life or personality or, God forbid, his own thoughts. 
if you're incapable of saying anything that might cause somebody to be upset with you. Forget podcast. Forget websites. If you're too scared to have your own original thoughts, which, by the way, a, 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 an opinion with any value has the potential to hurt somebody's feelings. An opinion that everybody can agree with and doesn't care about doesn't carry any weight to it. It's a worthless opinion. If you're going to have an opinion on things that actually matter, some people aren't going to like it. You know, Brian Gutekunst and, and Matt LaFleur, you know what they have to do all the time? They have to look right in the face of people that have given their lives to this franchise, who've done everything for this franchise. People that are great human beings with families have to look them dead in the face and say, we're done with you. You know why? Because it's the right thing to do. And that's what grown-ups sometimes have to do. And it's so just disgustingly pathetic that everybody's so... I don't know Bruce. I don't know who... I know of Bruce. I don't know Bruce. He's not a friend of mine. I'm not trying to come over and defend the guy. He seems to be doing fine. It just, it just makes me cringe. The amount of white knighting that everybody does. It's so embarrassing and pathetic. And again, people do this in, in, because they think it makes them a good person. You're piling on somebody and crucifying somebody who didn't do anything wrong because it makes you feel good. And because you like Aaron Jones as a person and as, and as a fan. And because it doesn't cost you anything. To just come out and say, how dare you? You're all, you're just perfectly fine throwing Bruce under the bus. I think that's pathetic and cowardly. That's what I think. I think you should have enough of a backbone to, first of all, have an opinion and hold that opinion regardless of how anybody feels about it because it's right. And then have the ability and the backbone to stand with people who also have their own opinions and decide that, you know what, they have a right to their opinion, even if Aaron Jones, who I love, doesn't like it. Because that's life. Get over it. And so all the Hurt fans can get over it, and Aaron Jones can get over it, and everybody else can get over it. He's allowed to have his opinion. Love Aaron Jones. Great football player. But that has nothing to do with the fact of at least asking the question, should you pay $20 million to a running back that we give the ball to like eight times in a game? Do we even value Aaron Jones enough for that? He hasn't, he's never earned that much money ever. Well, look at how many yards per carry he gets. That's great, but he touches the ball 10 times. The guy's a great running back, one of the more underrated football players of all time. But he's 29 years old. He's unbelievably expensive. And yes, the position is not wildly valuable. As we've already said, data has already proven that if you run, want to run the ball well, invest in offensive line. Now, I'm not wildly opposed to keeping him. If you want to keep him, fine. If you can figure out a way to do it, if you want to... I mean, again, I don't think we're going to pay the $20 million. I'm sure we're either going to keep him and push the money out, or we're going to move on from him. It'll be one or the other. But for crying out loud, grow up. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen this morning when I woke up and saw this whole thing with Bruce. And fortunately, I had to leave the house because I was going to go on a tirade on Twitter, and I knew that all the whiny... Again, white nighty, I'm literally shaking, Gen Z losers would spend the next week coming after me for that. Grow up. What about Randall Cobb? You guys are so fast to throw. Oh, I can't believe Rodgers even wants to keep Randall. What has Randall Cobb done for this organization? But you know why you don't care? Because Randall Cobb didn't retweet it with crying tear eye emojis. And I'm sure if Randall does do that, oh, I can't even imagine. I'm leaving Twitter if players just start doing this and everybody comes in. I can't believe you want to get rid of Randall Cobb. After all he's done. It's half the reason I'm annoyed with this Rodgers thing. After all he's done for us, how could you? Oh, shut up. The guy's got like $6.2 billion. He's 30 some odd years old. He's going to be fine. But again, please, by all means, start a pot. By the, there's, there are some out there. Nobody listens to it, but they're out there. You don't even listen to it. There are podcasts where they only say nice stuff, but you don't listen to it. You can go out. You can listen to it. They're out there. They're always just praising all the time. Oh, I love this guy. He's so good. He's so great. Go find it. Go listen to it. If that's what you want to listen to, there's no value in it. There's no, there's no substance to it. It's shallow and boring. Now, there, there is a line that you can cross and just be a jerk, but I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about having an honest opinion. 
And by the way, again, I have no doubt in my mind that Bruce Irons is fully aware of how great of a human being Aaron Jones is and how great of a football player Aaron Jones is. And all things being even, he would love to be able to keep him. But to simply look at it and say, look, man, 29 years old, 20 million bucks against the cap. I mean, you know, running back. I mean, if he was a wide receiver and we were talking 25 and it was Devontae Adams, yeah. I mean, 30 is a little crazy, but, you know, whatever. You're talking top of the market. Plus 30 for a wide receiver is a little bit different. They don't they don't taper off quite as fast. I think you get a couple more years out of a receiver. But the value is a little bit more positionally, you know, maybe. But, but again, that's the whole point. It's just a conversation. We're just talking here. And again, if you want to have a rational disagreement with the article and and be like, you know, I get it, but... I think he's worth it at 5.1 yards per carry, even at, you know, eight carries and, you know, half the season he's doing that. The other half he's kind of erased or whatever, but I think it's worth it. And I'd like to keep him. Not not just because I like him as a human, but I think it's a, a value, a net positive for the Green Bay Packers, even with the salary cap issues that it creates. Okay, fine. I don't, I don't care what your opinion of the article is. I don't, I don't have a super strong opinion either way. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. But again, it, it, it says in 2022, Ezekiel Elliott had a cap hit of 18.2 million. That's the only time in NFL history a running back had a cap hit over 15 million. We're talking 20 for Jones. It's. I mean, th- this is this is basic, dude. If if we can't even have this conversation, that's embarrassing. And so, take a minute, gather yourself, man up a little bit, and be willing to have some. <laughs> I I. I Hate to even call it tough conversations, because I don't think it is one. But, you know, learn to be willing to have some tough conversations. Be brave. You can do it. I believe in you. Look, I, I've, I've already come to the conclusion that, although it's entirely possible nobody of, of the Packers really listens to the show, if they have, they don't like me. But you know what? That's fine. I don't care. I didn't start a podcast to be liked by the Packers. In fact, that would be a net negative for me because then I'd feel bad about saying anything. I'd be like, I don't know, dude. I don't really want to criticize the guy. He like talks to me on Twitter and says he listens and uh, it makes me uncomfortable. I'd rather either not know or just know that they don't like me because it makes it a lot easier for me to just be honest and say things that I believe are true. And that's important to be able to say things that you think are true. And again, you're more than willing, you're, you're more than capable of, of, of disagreeing if that's what you want to do. But simply throwing out how dare you because you saw Aaron Jones retweeted it and you want to come in and be the hero and hope that Aaron Jones loves you for it. Dude, that's, that's weird. And it's creepy and it's sad. I'm sure I'm preaching to nobody because I'm sure very few people that get offended by these things are listening to me. But, oh, it's just, it just, it's gross. All right, I felt good. That's been pent up all day. I, I saw it and then we had to leave. And then, you know... As soon as we got home, I'm like, all right, I got to go to the podcast. Got to go. Bye. Felt good. Felt good. Still a, bit, a little bit left over, but I don't want to repeat myself. I mean, I do, but I won't. But why don't we go ahead and take a look at the salary cap for a minute. I had somebody call into Packernet after dark and um, ask specifically about the relationship between quarterback and Super Bowl. Now, it's hard because you, you've always got this weird... It's kind of like when people say that, well, the, the Packers never draft wide receivers in the first round. Well, that's not true. They just haven't in a long time. Well, yeah, but that's there you go. So that's why you know that they won't do it. Well, they haven't had that many first-round picks. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's small sample size, plus you add in variables that don't have anything to do with this weird bias or prejudice against wide receivers or something stupid. It's the same thing with this. So the, the first thing is, is it even true? That, you know, if you spend too much on a quarterback, then you, well, I guess the first step is, is it true that they haven't? And then you have to somehow cross the bridge into that's the reason why. So what I thought was, first thing is I need to confirm, well, forget confirm. Let's just look at how much of the salary cap quarterbacks have taken up on teams that won the Super Bowl. But the, the bigger question to me, the more interesting question, slightly, I suppose, is what is the salary cap allocation? What does that generally look like? Are there any patterns that can be emulated? Because, again, remember, it's a fixed pie. You can only spend 100% of the salary cap. The, first, the very first thing is dead cap, which I talked about, I think, yesterday, the day before or whatever. That's a pretty big expense. You know, again, the Packers had $30 million that was allocated to guys that aren't even on the team anymore. Where else is the money going? 
So let's take a look at a couple things. I look back over the last 10 years of Super Bowl champions to see how they allocated their money. Compared it to 2022, more importantly, 2023. Now, 2023 is an unfinished product. I'm sure a lot of teams' salary caps look jacked up. But it's also important to look at it to realize why right now it's so stupid and it can't stay like this. And to even debate it is crazy. First of all, of the last 10 years, here are the general averages. On offense, teams generally spend about 45.52%. It's called 45% of their money on offense. By the way, before we continue too much, I should let you know the 2021 Rams are a massive outlier in every single possible category. They did everything the wrong way and found a way to win, which just goes to show you that there really is no set way. There's probably, there, there is a right and wrong way, but you can do it the wrong way and, and find a way to win. But 45% on offense, 36% on defense, about 3% on special teams, uh, 10% dead cap is the average. The Rams really jacked up that average, by the way. Quarterbacks, uh, the average is 9%. Running back, 3.7%. Wide receivers, 10.7%. Tight ends, 7%. Offensive line, 15%. Defensive line, 12%. Linebackers, 11%. And secondary, 12%. 12.69, whatever. Now, the Rams, again, really jacked this all up. They only spent 37% of their cap on offense. That's wild. The, the, the lowest... Um, of anybody was the 2014 Patriots, uh, who spent about 41%. But not only did they spend the least amount on offense than anybody, they spent the second least amount on defense. You know why? Because 26% of their salary cap was dead money. 26%! The average is 10, and that includes the 26%. Not including them, them the average is 8%. They spent 26% of the salary cap in dead cap money because they're so stupid with how they do everything. The rest of the allocation isn't all that wildly different aside from the fact that, again, everything is less because there's so much dead cap money. But the only real outliers, I guess, would be, uh, for example, offensive line was they spent a lot less on that than average and linebacker, probably. But leaving aside the Rams, the Packers are also in some ways similar. They spent the second least on offense, aside from the 2021 Rams, of any of these Super Bowl teams at 40%. They also spent the fourth least on defense. Why? Dead cap. Dead cap. Second highest next to the Rams. 14.23% of our money was tied up in our salary cap. Aside from that, the Packers did spend more money on quarterback than anybody else. Uh, the Buccaneers, uh, 2020, Tom Brady, 13.49%. The Packers, 14.81% last year. We spent more on running back than average, 3.6. We spent 3.49. Not that big of a difference. Pretty close. Wide receiver, no surprise. The Packers spend less than all of these other teams at 5.34%. The average, 10.7. Now, before you go off doing backflips about, see, I told you he never bets one. It's because Devontae left. When Devontae was here, we had spent 13.44% on wide receiver, which is significantly higher than the average. In fact, only two Super Bowl teams spent more at wide receiver than the Packers when Devontae was here. The Packers invested a massive amount of money in the wide receiver position. And I have no doubt they will do it again. They just moved on from the biggest, you know, salary cap hit at wide receiver. And it's going to take a while to backfill that. Packers spend less than, uh, I think, the least of anybody at tight end. The average is about 7%. We spent just over 4%. Uh, offensive line is pretty close to average, slightly below 15.5. We spent 14.3. Defensive line is at 12%. We are at just under 11. Linebacker, we're a little bit heavy. The average is 11.4. We're spending 12.8. And then our secondary is also somewhat high, 12.6. We're spending almost 14% of our cap on secondary. I don't think that's that big of a deal. I think that's something worth investing in. So the biggest areas in which we over and under invest would be over investing by 4% in dead cap, 5 nearly 6% uh, at quarterback. We're 5 million under at wide receiver, about 3 million under at tight end, and the rest is kind of close. 
But again, that dead cap money, that's crazy. But anyways, looking forward, what I did is I took these averages and I applied them to the 2023 salary cap of $225 million, which is the expected cap. I don't know if that's ever been made official, but it's 225 million. So that would come out to roughly about 102 million on offense, 81 million on defense, 6.5 million on special teams, and uh, dead money should be around 23. I mean, obviously zero is ideal, but if you're looking at just where the average is sitting, it's about 23%, not percent, I mean million, 23 million. Right now, the Packers don't really have any dead cap money, but that's because we haven't really made any moves yet. So we're doing great with that. But there are some issues, and uh, this is where (laughs) we're going to, Take some of the issues, for example, we're $14 million over the cap as of right now, supposedly. We're going to relieve some of that by adding money to the dead cap. But right now, we're at 55% of our cap on uh, defense and 48.9%, about 49% on offense. Now, the first thing that comes to mind when I see that is the defense is where we need to get lighter. Every team spends more on offense than defense. Even the most defensive heavy, you know, you look at, for example, the Buccaneers or whatever, who put a ton into their defense and all that stuff. Every single team invests more in their offense than their defense, and the Packers are going to be about the same. And the Packers' offense is right around, I mean, it's still heavy. It's a little high, but it's the Packers' defense that's way, 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 way too high. The average is 36%. We're at 55%. So that's coming way down. Offenses may come down a, a touch. But defense is where this is, you know, it's going to get shaved off quite a bit. Here's a couple other areas to consider. Again, quarterback should be around $20 million a year, which is 9%. We're currently at $36.4 million, 16% of the cap. 16%. That includes Danny Etling at 0.38, Jordan Love at 1.74%, and Rodgers at nearly 14%. That is really, really, really high. But that's not the worst one. You want to take a wild guess what the worst one is? Well, it might not be the worst one, but it's, it's, it's one. There's a lot of bad ones in here. Running back. The average, 3.6%, the highest that anybody had, was the Seahawks at 7.36%. The Packers right now, 10.32% of the salary cap dedicated to running backs. And the highest paid running back, not named Aaron Jones, is A.J. Dillon at $1.6 million. Aaron Jones, $20.02 million. Now, again, obviously, he's either going to be off the team or more likely we're going to push some of that money out. But to pretend that, oh, he's worth every penny, dude, just stop, okay? The average is 3.6. He's at 8.83 by himself. He by himself is worth more, taking up more of the cap than the Seattle Seahawks, who are the highest of any Super Bowl team at 7.36%. Jones has that by himself. Wide receiver right now is way under. Again, 10.7%. We're currently sitting at 3.16%, which is to say, definitely some room there. Do I think we're going to do much? Not really, because we don't really have any money. Because all this money that we're going to shed, a lot of that is going to go over to dead money, which means we're not actually going to be shedding it. Offensive line. It's another one we're pretty heavy. The average is 15%. We're currently sitting at about 20%. Defensive line is a little bit heavy, 12%. We're at 15.8. Linebacker, 11%. We're sitting at almost 17. That's way too high. And then probably actually the worst of the entire bunch is secondary. I was, I was saying running back until I saw secondary. I was like, holy cow. 12.6 is the average. We're at 22.97% of the cap dedicated to our secondary. So on a player-to-player basis, as we go through this, again, quarterback is too high, and that falls on Aaron Rodgers. Are we going to do anything with that? Probably not. We're probably just going to carry that. Now, it's not the worst of this entire group. I mean, it's 6% too, or borderline 7% too high, which is wild. But the Buccaneers had it at 13.5, so we're only about 2.5% above that. So if you look at it from that standpoint, whatever. I don't think we're going to touch Rodgers' contract. I don't think we can. It just keeps getting worse as you go longer and longer. I can't imagine pushing more money into the future with his contract. Running back, again, it's all Aaron Jones. That has to be dealt with. We should be spending about $8 million on our running backs. Now, it's never going to get that low. 
We've got about a million dollars tied up in Patrick Taylor, uh, three quarters of a million Tyler Goodson, uh, 1.7 in A.J. Dillon, and 20 in Aaron Jones. There's no way in the world we're getting it down to a much more responsible $8 million. But we've got to get that way down. Even if we cut Jones, I think we shed about $10 million off that. That puts us at 13.3. That's still $5 million higher than it should be. And we're spending $10 million for one of our guys to not be here. <laughs> so, I mean, it, there's no winning with this. Again, if you, if you say we should keep Aaron Jones, that, that right there is reason enough. $10 million for him to not be here. But the bottom line is we shouldn't be in this position. Love Aaron Jones, was happy he was on the team. But just looking at this, this is, this is gross. The quarterback and running back situation is, is gross. Um, offensive line, it's all David Bakhtiari. Um, offensive line, we're doing great if offensive line just meant tackle. <laughs> we're spending almost exactly as much on the offensive line position as uh, we should be. L- l- let me put it this way. As much as we should be spending on offensive line, the entire offensive line, including all the backups, is pretty much how much of the salary cap David Bakhtiari is taking up. If you just look at the average, we should be spending around $35 million. We're spending 29 on Bakhtiari this year. We're spending 35 which is what we're supposed to be spending just on tackles. Do you know who the second highest paid tackle is on our team? I mean, he's not really a tackle, but he's listed as a tackle here. And it's a funny anecdote. Sean Ryan. Yikes, right? Sean Ryan is supposed to be making more than just about anybody else. Uh, do we have anybody? Well, I mean, obviously you got uh, Elton, but more than Zach Tom, Rashid, Caleb, Luke Tenuta, Royce, uh, John Runyon. He's making more than John Runyon. Yikes. Not more than Myers, though. Myers is making about half a million more. Anyways, got to do something with Bakhtiari's uh, dealio because we need to... And, and again, this is roughly, but ideally, we'd like to come down about $10 million. And again, there is almost no money tied up anywhere except David Bakhtiari. Elton's at under seven. So I don't know how much we could mess with this contract. Again, I hate touching people's contracts in general. It's just compounding problems. The only reason we need to do this is because we made bad decisions in the past. Now we have to make even worse decisions now that compound problems in the future because now we're having problems from what we did yesterday and tomorrow we're going to have twice the amount of problems we have today because we're doing it again. But hopefully we make some responsible decisions this year so that next year's compounded problems don't affect us as much or at least we can weather it. It's just freaking annoying and I wish we would just stop. But um, yeah, that's the situation with Bakhtiari. Now, again, we can just ride it out. But the thing is, we can't do this with everybody. We can't say, you know what? It's fine. We can keep quarterback at 16. And it's fine. We'll keep running back at 10. And also, it's fine. We'll keep offensive line at 20. No, no, no. Somebody's got to come down. We can't say never mind to all of this. So if you look at it and say, well, 19.82, hey, that's not bad. The Seahawks in 2013 did that. The Eagles in 2017 did it. And the Bucks in 2020 did it. Well, that's great. But they weren't given 16% of the quarterback. The sure as heck weren't given 10% of the running back. They had to make concessions in other places. You can overpay in some areas, but you got to underpay in other areas. That's how you make up the difference. We're overpaying everywhere. Linebacker, ideally, we're paying about uh, $26 million. We're at $38 million. Now, by the way, linebacker, they're including edge rusher, which I hate, but that's just the way they have it parsed out, which also kind of makes the defensive line thing a little bit more disappointing because you wish that Rashawn was in the mix with defensive line, but it explains why linebackers as high as it is. And it makes it, well, you know what? Let's just forget it because some teams linebacker, if you're a 4-3, which is why you shouldn't just lump pass rushers in with linebackers. But if you're a 4-3 team, your linebackers are not going to be paid hardly anything. If you're a 3-4 team, your linebacker is going to be paid a ton. So I'm not going to worry about that. That's stupid. Um, However, secondary is insane with the salary cap. Ideally, we're spending about $28.5 million. We're spending 20 on Jair alone. Add in uh, 6.7 for Razul, 3.2 for Stokes. And Savage is set to get $7.9 million. Oh, Jeez. Oh, that one stings, man. Holy cow. We should be spending roughly $29 million 
Right now we're at $52 million. By the way, if I'm not mistaken, we're going to be spending about $8 million for Adrian Amos to not be here, if I'm not mistaken. They're not listing it as dead cap money, but I believe that's the case. This is what the whole, this, this is the magic of void years. Don't you just love void years? $8 million for freaking Adrian Amos to not be here. $8 million for Savage to be here. We're spending $16 million on, on a third of a safety. This was a bad idea. All of this is a bad, and, and it's why I wanted to stop. This is, this is also what's annoying to me. You'll have people look at Brian Gutekunst and say, he's the idiot that did this. It's like, you know what? You're right, he is. But then when I say, and I want it to stop, therefore, Jones has to go. Bakhtiari, eh, maybe has to go. Savage, find a way to get rid of him. Please, for the sake of the cap, trade him away. A lot of guys that you're looking at and all this money, we got to do something about this. We have to fix this. We got, oh, no, 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 how dare you? No, 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 you don't get it both ways. You don't get to say, oh, boy, look at the mess that was created here. Yeah, it's a mess created because the GM did exactly what you wanted him to do. And now you want him to do it again, but you also want to complain about the situation we're in. I'm sorry. I like Aaron Jones. We shouldn't have paid him. I like Aaron Rodgers. We shouldn't have paid him. We shouldn't be in this mess. And for what? So that we can enjoy the fruits of 2022? That's why we did all this? That's why we're in this absolute hellhole of a situation? So that we can enjoy a playoffless season? And I got to sit here with a straight face and have conversations about let's do it again. Let's go back in. Come on, boys. Let's give her one more run. Oh, my good Lord. Jeez. And you know what's going to happen with Rodgers carrying 16% of the cap? Well, the Packers as a whole, he's sitting at only about 15. And a running back that's just insanely loading down the cap. Even if we adjust, that's the thing. Well, we're going to make adjustments. He's still going to be heavy. We're not going to bring him down to $2 million. But you know what? You know what's going to be the worst? Is when we still continue to go all in and the cap is psychotically burdened. And then we're going to have people stomping their feet and throwing hissy fits because we're not going all in and going out and getting these high-priced wide receivers, tight ends. Look at all these other teams spending money. Look at all these other teams doing things. And then when you simply point out, yeah, it's because they did what you wanted, and now we're broke. Oh, that's the salary cap's a myth, bro. No, it's not. It's real, and it's killing us right now. We got to get out of this. We can't keep doing this. Last year, we were completely screwed because of the amount of dead cap money. And you know what? We're going to have even more this year. And if we keep going like this, we're going to have even more the year after that. How do you think the... Rams got to the point where almost 30% of their, their cap was sent on, was, was on dead money because they just keep doing this stuff. Well, they won a Super Bowl. Okay, fine. Yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. Let, let's just go get Odell Beckham. Let's just do it. That's what they did. Go pay Odell Beckham. He can come in here. Beckham and Rodgers are going to light the world on fire. We're going to win a Super Bowl. Fine. Forget it. Yeah, I give in. You're right. That'll do it. You've been right all along. That's, that's, that's always been the missing piece. Odell Beckham. Crying out loud. Anyways, uh, why don't we go ahead and take a break right here. We'll come back and uh, have to hear what Adam Schefter, because if I haven't ticked off Packer fans yet, this ought to do it. We'll see what Adam Schefter has to say about Aaron Rodgers. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now... Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Ah, yes, every Packer fan's favorite reporter, Adam Schefter, had some insights, we'll put those in quotes, on uh, what he believes will happen with Aaron Rodgers or what might happen 
which is funny because if you try to pigeonhole on me, he's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I didn't say anything about, but then it's like, well then, so you're saying there's no, well, no, no, there's, there's, there's value to it. Like it's legit. It definitely could happen, but you know, that doesn't mean that I said it would. It just means I said it could have, but that's still better than any random person because, you know, um, because sort of reasons and, and here's what he had to say. This will be the third straight off season in which Aaron Rodgers' future is the subject of much speculation, but make no mistake, both sides are fully aware that a trade is a very real scenario this offseason for Aaron Rodgers. The Packers are expected to move on from certain players, which Aaron Rodgers probably will not like. The issue here will be the $110 million left on his contract and which team could afford it. But there is a real possibility that at some point this offseason, Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded. All right, that's it. Um, so look, I mean, th- th- these are these are things... I said last year during the Schefter debacle that the guy didn't really lie about anything. But what they like to do is they try to paint a picture by making it seem like I'm saying that something definitely is, while really not actually saying something definitely is, more or less just saying, here is the conclusion I'm coming to based on the best available information, which, newsflash, that's what non-insiders do as well. It's exactly what I do. That's what fans do. That's what everybody does. We listen to things and we think, well, if you connect these dots, well, you kind of come to this point. What he's saying is not anything different than what I've been hearing, for example, on Packernet After Dark when people call in. What, what was the conclusion that he came to? First of all, let me be very clear. Rodgers and his camp are not talking to Schefter. The Packers are not talking to Schefter. So he is not getting an insight into what's happening. Zero. What he's doing is asking around the league, which is basically just talking to random people and saying, what do, what do you think about this situation? And what he found out is Rodgers says he would like certain people to be back. The Packers probably won't bring those people back. And so Rodgers may, as a result, not want to play for the Packers, but may want to still continue to play. Therefore, a trade could potentially be on the table. His words were what? A trade is a very real possibility? Of course it is. Everybody understands it's a real possibility. So I think the top comment here is all you ever will need to know, even though it sounds like this is breaking news. Kyle says, so in other words, no updates. Thanks. So again, I mean, listen, there definitely is a a different... um, there's a different situation this year than last year in terms of the possibility of, of a trade and, and where everybody's at. But again, that's not new. And this isn't information we didn't know yesterday. So whatever conclusion that people come to, that's entirely up to you. Rogers is going to want to come back. Rogers is going to want to retire. Rogers is going to want to trade. And, and I phrase it that way because it does entirely come down to Aaron Rodgers. If Rodgers wants to retire, there's nothing we can do about it. If Rodgers wants to come back to the Packers, there's nothing we can do about that. If Rodgers wants to be traded, there's nothing we can do about that. I mean, not that we would want to do anything anyway. What are we going to No. No, we're just going to be like, all right, dude, let's, we'll get to work on that. I'm not even sure what I think is going to happen. Trade is certainly, I mean, it, it's still, I think, the lowest, probably partly because I'm a pessimist and I feel like that's the best case scenario and it's just nothing like that would happen. It's either going to be he walks away and we get nothing or he's going to continue to play. It's not like he's going to leave and we're going to get compensated. No, that would be, that would never happen. But, but again, it's, it's not about what we think is going to happen. It's not even about what Schefter thinks is going to happen, which is all he's doing is he's talking about what he thinks or what might or what could. Well, duh, dude. We know might, could, should, would think. So zero updates from Schefter, but that's going to fly around and be all wild and crazy. But that's not it as far as quarterback news. There's also uh, breaking news about Jordan Love, and this has also been circulating like crazy. Uh, this is also just, you know, big-time, late-breaking news via Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. I'll play that for you real quick. They believe they're going to be in the mix there. And then Aaron Rodgers. So the expectation league-wide, at least, talking to other teams, is they expect Rodgers will play this season. He's got a $60 million balloon payment coming to him. It's due between March and the beginning of the season, and it's guaranteed. So probably tough to walk away from that kind of coin. And so then the Packers have to decide, do they want him in the lineup or do they want to trade him? And really they've been public that they want him back. And so that leaves Jordan Love in a precarious situation. Former first-round pick, he's going on year four. It would not shock me if he requested a trade at that point because 
From what I'm told, he wants to play. He feels like he's ready. He's been groomed for it. So something has to give. Jeremy Fowler dropping some absolute nukes this morning. Lamar Jackson potentially <laughs> traded. Nukes. Tom Brady, who's going to be 46 in August, still might want to play. Might want to play. Sit back, digest it all. J -bomb. Dude, dude, J-bombs. Nukes. Might happen. Could be. Might be. Dude, I'm, I'm dropping J-bombs all day over here on the Packernet podcast. Might, could, should, maybe. Might, could, maybe, should, could, maybe, should, maybe, could, might. Just bombs, dude, left and right. Late-breaking news. In my opinion, something might happen. I think Dallas could potentially win this game that I'm about to partake in. About a half hour. Dude, that's breaking news. Let me recap what Jeremy Fowler said. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with Jeremy Fowler saying this. What's wrong is people taking out of context and his co-host saying, dude, this is crazy. <laughs> and that's why you also can't just completely remove the media members from, well, that's not their fault. They're just reporting the news. No, 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 no. You know exactly what you're doing. How do I know that? Because you're, you're phrasing it as, dude, these are bombs. This is nothing. You're going on and saying, I think, may so, so for starters, the whole thing with Aaron Rodgers is uh, people around the league believe. What does that mean? It means I called some random coach that I'm friends with, and I'm like, what do you think about Rodgers? He's like, I don't know, man. He's got a lot of money uh, that he's about to get paid. I don't think he's going to walk away from that. That's it. That's some dude's opinion. Just like I, I, just like I have an opinion, just like you have an opinion, just like everybody has an opinion. But that's information that we all know, and we've all already come to our own conclusions about what we think about that. Whether or not he can walk away from that, will walk away from that, could, would, should walk away from that. So that's that's not information. There's no even there's really no reason to even phrase it that way or to go and do that level of homework of I asked around the league and, and league sources believe. They're not sources. That doesn't even make sense to call them league sources. It's people that work in the NFL that have no more valuable opinion than anybody else than some dude working at Kentucky Fried Chicken in Wauwatosa. I don't know if they have a Kentucky Fried Chicken in Wauwatosa, but they should. But anyways, so, so then, then he phrases it and acts as though, so that's a fact. League sources believe that Rodgers is going to come back. Therefore, the only question is, will he be traded or will he play for the Packers? And the Packers have said they want him back. Okay, so that's a fact. We already know that. So that leaves Jordan Love. No, it doesn't. We, don't, we still don't know any of those factors. And again, he's phrasing it as, therefore, Jordan Love is in a tough spot. You, you haven't concluded anything that makes any sense. So, maybe Rodgers will want to stay and play. And maybe that team will be the Green Bay Packers. And if that happens, would be the best way to phrase that, then Jordan Love's in a tough spot. And what does he say then? I wouldn't be surprised if he asked for a trade. And now we've got all over Twitter... Jeremy Fowler says he expects Jordan Love to ask for a trade. Ah, la, 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 Why? He's just a random dude giving his opinion about what I think. And I, by the way, I said the same thing on this podcast, that it makes sense that he would ask for a trade. But you know what? I don't want anybody going on Twitter saying, we, we, I, I found a source and this guy says he has an insight about Jordan. Because I don't. I'm just a dude like, I don't know, if, if it was me, I'd be like, dude, give me a, I'm, if you're not going to play me, let me go somewhere else. Why not? Frickin' Jalen Hurts is going to get billions of dollars pretty soon. He was drafted after me. I want to go make money somewhere. Please and thank you. I've proved that I've learned all these things. I'm very good at these things. I went out and, and carved up a team for like a five-second interval period there. And I'm good at this, and I want to prove it, and I want to make a bunch of money. I don't want to sit here and, and stare at Aaron Rodgers make a bunch of money. I want to go make my own money. Thank you very much. It makes sense. But it's not news. It's an opinion. So don't give me late-breaking news that is uh, the latest and greatest information is uh, I'm kind of speculating that I think this is going to happen. Okay, that ain't news, bruh. That's a dude in a suit wearing purple freaking pants. Purple pants. He looks like Gabe Lewis wearing purple pants. But anyways, aside from that, do whatever you want. If you want to wear purple pants and a purple shirt and a purple tie and a blue, uh, you know, suit coat that seems a little small, then that's, that's your thing. I don't care. But the point is, don't tell me you're breaking news and then just give me your opinion on stuff. That's basic things that we've already been talking about since forever.
just so that you can get circulated and make yourself seem important because we're ESPN and people need to think that we actually know stuff, even though we're kind of just saying random opinions and throwing in league sources so that people take us more seriously. When in reality, I called a couple people in the league that have no idea what they're talking about. And they're like, I don't know. It makes sense to me that Rogers come back. There's a bunch of money on the line. Why wouldn't you? It's like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to go ahead and quote you on that. All right. No, I can't. Okay. Can I just say leak? I'm going to say leak sources then. Okay. That, that makes me sound important. This is stupid. All that to say, look, the, it, this falls in line with what I've been saying before. Everybody's mad because they're tired of hearing about quarter. It, th- this is the topic du jour, not just in, on, on, in Packers circles, around the NFL, the Packers quarterback situation. And the problem is, unfortunately, as much as it's nice to have some news about our own team and people talking about the Packers and not just like us making up random stuff because nobody could care less about the Packers, which is usually what happens around this time of year because the Packers never have anything interesting going on and they never do anything in free agency and they pick it like pick 28. So nobody cares. One of the negatives is they know that this topic is going to generate a ton of interest. And as a result, they're just going to make up crap. So we got to be vigilant to hear things and say, is there any actual news that I just heard that's new? And if not, let it go. Don't just retweet Schefter or Fowler or anybody else saying their random opinions that don't have any more value than yours or mine or anybody else's. Anyways, I do want to end with some NFL draft content. Um, and so let's do this. Jacob Infante, who is a Chicago Bears guy, tweeted this. Um, I was going to focus on more early round guys, but This is a potential early round guy that right now is not seen as that. Here's what he had to say, and then we'll look into him for just a a bit here. He says, last year, it was Christian Watson who shot up draft boards after the season. This year, I think it's Andre Losivas. Don't even know if that's how you say his name. Whatever. The Princeton wide receiver has legit 4-2 speed at 6'3", 200 pounds. He is a moldable ball of clay. However high you have him, it's not high enough. So let's look at the young man. First of all, Andre Losivas is actually not shooting up the boards. He's plummeting down the boards. <laughs> he was uh, consensus, what, um, 85th? He is currently sitting at 264th overall. He's going in mock drafts around round five. But anyways, um, six, listed at six foot three, 200 pounds. Been at Princeton for three years. This year, 64 receptions, 924 yards, 14.4 yards per reception, which is his lowest in the three years, and seven touchdowns. PFF grades do exactly what I like them to do. As a rookie, 62, then 74. This year, an 83 PFF grade. Touchdowns went from four to five to seven. Receiving grade went from 64 to 76 to 86. Um, Has not had any drop grades. Great hands since his rookie year. 2.71 yards per route run, which is solid. Contested catch rate was 69%. No, I'm not going to say it. The guy had 16 missed tackles forced. 16. He had zero as a rookie, seven last year, 16 this year. As far as the games that he played, yes, there are some outlier high, high games, but the other nice thing is that he has a relatively high floor. His only subpar game was against Penn, with a 58 grade, but he still had a touchdown in that game. So if that's as bad as it gets for him, that ain't bad. Uh, looks like they use him very sparingly in the rushing game. I'm sure these are all jet sweep end arounds or whatever, but five attempts, 12 yards, obviously nothing super fantastic there. But this is interesting because it's it's kind of what I've been wondering about for a while. And that is, do we have to go in a different route? Do we have to look for the Jackson Smith and Jigbos? I'm not, and I'm not saying he's not capable of doing other stuff, but I'm just, I'm thinking in terms of, um, you know, you got the speed guy, and then you got to get the slot guy, and you got to get, the, you know, the three different types of wide receivers. What if you just had two Christian Watsons, though? I mean, you might struggle to do some things, although Christian, I thought, did a decent enough job in terms of coming up with those third down receptions, and obviously was a red zone target. And there's no reason you can't use a guy with speed and size on a five-yard pass, and not everything has to be a 40-yard shot down the field. But again, I keep coming back to Miami, and everybody said they were the most explosive, explosive, scary offense in the NFL, and that's largely because they've got just two speed freaks. And they're good wide receivers. It's not just speed. They're good, too, but that's what I'm talking about. What if you had two really good and blazing fast wide receivers? And I've been wondering that ever since somebody pointed me in the direction of Jalen Hyatt at pick 34. 
again, if you can get a guy that can do everything, if you can get a guy that can be that Devontae Adams type that can, you know, be that really slick, smooth route runner, but also just so happens to have 4-3-2 speed or something crazy, then what? Because my understanding of the top three guys, Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, is that they're really not those speed guys, which, again, is fine. I'm not saying we have to have that. I'm just thinking out loud here. Those three guys, that's not what they have. They're, they're you know, um, I think Quentin Johnson is in the four, mid 4-4 four, four range. Ex- expected. I, I don't really know. Jordan Addison, the only thing I could really find on him was that in high school he ran in the four fives, but obviously he got faster than that. And, and they're always going to train for the 40 coming up. But again, Jalen Hyatt potentially running in the four twos. And I've, I've always been like anti the speed guys because they never really panned out, but they're starting to pan out a little bit. And again, Christian Watson's right there at the forefront. Now you're seeing these guys that have, the, especially since a lot of wide receivers coming out. Now, it used to be this anomaly that you'd see a guy like in the four threes, maybe like four twos, and it's like, wow. But they were never usually that good. Now it seems to be pretty normal that, you know, four, three, nine, and they can play. Jalen Hyatt, four, two, nine. Maybe Jordan Addison's going to be in the four threes. I don't know. I see he's projected here at four, three, nine. That's fast. Josh Downs, wide receiver, four, three, four. Rasheed Rice, who I looked at and said I really liked, four, three, six. Zay Flowers, Boston College, four, three, seven. You know what I mean? It's becoming much more common. And so now I'm looking at it as much as I used to just think, if, if you run fast, I just don't want you because the only reason you're this high is because you're fast and you're not a good wide receiver and I just don't care anymore. Now I'm looking at it and saying, why would you take a guy that runs 4-4-5? Why don't you find a good wide receiver that also runs 4-2-9? Because they seem to be thriving. Get Michael Mayer in the first round, get Jalen Hyatt in the second. He won't last that long, but I'm just, I'm just thinking stupid stuff. <laughs> Hyatt's going to go in the first round. If he runs in the 4-2s, he ain't good. I don't care if he's unpolished. Nobody cares. Christian Watson almost went in the first round. The guy had drop issues and played for a small school. He's the definition of unpolished. And the fact that he did as well as he did, largely just flying by guys on the field, people are going to look at Jalen, Jalen High. We're going to, we, the Packers will take Jalen, Jalen High at 15. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the, it's one of those things where he's considered like an early second. And by the time this thing is all said and done, he'll be the first or second one off the board around like pick 10. Watch the top three or four go like, by pick 14, and we're in the same situation we were in before. Well, we had these guys we liked, and, you know, they just went before we had a chance. <laughs> but it is interesting, though. Again, you look at Jackson Smith and Jigba. A lot of people like him. I'm sure he's a great wide receiver, but I struggle to see what is wonderful about him. And, it's, you know, well, he was the number one guy when all these... Are, okay, fine, but what I'm saying is when I watch it, he runs to an open spot in his zone and then catches the ball. And according to this, he's going to be one of the slowest guys... In the, I don't want to say in the draft, but potentially barely breaking four or five. I know speed isn't everything. If you got great hands and you're a great route runner, that's awesome. I mean, that was that was Devonte. It was the same situation. But I'm saying, why not have your cake and eat it too? You know, there are certain limitations that we know, and there are certain limitations we don't know. You look at a guy that's six foot one; he's never going to be six foot two. You look at a guy that's not a polished route runner; he could become a great route runner. I'm not saying he will, but he can. Guy that runs 4-4-8 is never going to run 4-3-9. But if he drops the ball, we could maybe make him a little bit better at catching the ball. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But if you have to kind of turn a blind eye to something, hopefully it's something that you can at least fix. And if you're okay with a guy that's nothing special in terms of height, in terms of weight, in terms of speed, then you better be absolutely certain that those other things they're very, very good at. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have yourselves a fantastic day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.